60s, eh? In a good environment. Hey, look, um, I also want to extend a very special welcome to you if it is your first time this morning. I'm very biased, and I know you're going to have a great morning because I know what our church family's like. So just sit back and enjoy yourself this morning. It's great to have you with us. Now, we have, over the last few weeks, been doing a series called our Anatomy Series. And what it is, is that we've been looking at different parts of the body. Because we know that the Bible talks about different parts of the body, don't we? Eyes and ears and heart, hands and feet. And in this series, we've been exploring the spiritual and the practical truths that the Bible tells us about these different parts. Last week, Daryl talked about the eyes, and it was fantastic. The week before that, we had uh, Pastor Bex Green from our Botany Campus. She talked about breath. Now, if you've missed any of those, you can easily just go onto our website at elamchristiancentre.org.nz and listen to them, so you don't need to miss out. You can catch up, and I, can I encourage you, it is well worth doing. But this morning, I'm talking about a biggie. I'm talking, it's, it's big. I'm talking about the tongue. Ooh. I'm talking about the tongue, so I hope you're ready for it. Hey, I'm going to pray first because that's always a great idea, isn't it? So come on, why don't you just close your eyes and join with me. Father God, Lord God, we welcome you here this morning. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your love. And Lord God, I pray this morning that as I share what I feel you've laid on my heart, Lord God, I pray that you just do a transaction from when I talk to when it lands in people's hearts. And Lord God, you cause it to land where it needs to land. And Lord God, I pray that you cause us to stretch and grow as we hear from your word this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Now, many of you know that we have three stunning daughters, but we, we actually have a fourth child in our house. And no, it's not Daryl. <laughs> we have a fourth child, and it's, my fur, it's our fur baby. His name is Spot, and he's been with us for 13 years now, and he's part Bichon, part Foxy. Interesting mix. But anyway, he, he, um, he's a big part of our family. But the problem with Spot is that he was raised by a pack of humans. Therefore, he firmly believes that he is a human. Does anyone else have a dog that's like that? Yes? Oh, my goodness. He has problems. He has problems, and we have problems because of that. I remember when we lived in Hamilton, we needed to find a kennel for him. Now, now this is having gone through times when we put him into a kennel, a, a dog kennel. He's a dog, a dog kennel. And he'd come back with anxiety and diarrhea and... <laughs> itchy skin and ear infections because he's like, how dare you put me in a place like that? I am a, I'm, I'm way above that. So we had to end up finding a lodging that was appropriate for his mental well-being. Now, we found this place called Petite Paws. And what it was is it's for little dogs, hence the name, but it is uh, it was this lady, she owned a big property, and basically it was a limited amount of little dogs, and uh, they could stay there, and they could have free roam in the house, around the section. If they wanted to sleep in the lounge, they could sleep in the lounge, you know, right up Spots Alley, right up Spots Alley. 
Anyway, so that's where we used to end up taking him, and he was quite happy there. But the owner of Petite Paws had this little dog. It was a little chihuahua, little blonde, golden little chihuahua. And um, it was always the first to greet us at the gate when we would go and drop off Spot. But this chihuahua, it was very little in body size, but it was, it was not like any chihuahua I'd ever seen before. It had the most longest tongue I had ever seen. Like, so, so long. It would, it would hang out its mouth to the side constantly. It was constantly out of its mouth. And it would almost be dragging on the ground. And it appeared to never retreat back into its mouth. But instead, it would like flap in the wind out the side of its mouth. I remember thinking when I first saw her, and it was the weirdest thing, because when we first met her, she was like very pregnant. So you can imagine a really pregnant chihuahua with his tongue hanging out. It was kind of weird, but anyway. I remember when I first saw her, I remember thinking, I wonder if that thing gets caught in anything. Like, I wonder if it gets caught, whether she trips over it. Or like, if, if it's like, affects her dog conversations, because how do you pronounce words when you can't get your tongue back in your mouth? Does she bite it? Like, this, honestly, this tongue. It seemed to never go back in her mouth. And the thing is, her tongue, hear me, her tongue seemed to be too big for her mouth. Are you hearing me? Her tongue seemed to be too big for her mouth. Now, I didn't know, but apparently this is actually a syndrome. has a very scientific name. Very scientific name. It's called the hanging tongue syndrome. <laughs> That's what it's called, the hanging tongue syndrome. And, and I just had to give you a picture to let you know what that actually looks like. So can we look at the screens? There we go. That's actually a little tongue compared to the last, you know, to the little dog that we saw. That is the hanging tongue syndrome. And it's a condition where the tongue is unable to be or really able to be retracted back into the mouth to be moistened, and it's normally the result of some sort of injury or trauma initially. Uh, but those with this condition have a heightened risk of certain things. First of all, infection, because you know anything can stick to that tongue. They have an increased risk, well, they, they do actually, they dribble, because they can't sort of control their saliva, it just sort of falls out of their mouth. They dribble a lot. When you've got a big tongue, too big for your mouth, you dribble a lot. Point there. <laughs> the other thing, get this, if you've got the hanging tongue syndrome, is you're at risk of frostbite. <laughs> you're at risk of frostbite. But, however, despite this disability, some dogs, some dogs have used this, you know, hindrance to, for their celebrity status. Like Marnie. Can we have a look at Marnie? Now, you can follow Marnie on Instagram. Marnie has 1.9 million followers. 1.9 million followers. But don't stress. What's happened is I've researched it, and I have found that humans, it only affects really little dogs mostly, humans don't suffer from hanging tongue syndrome in a sense. Not officially. They don't, uh, 
experience hanging tongue syndrome. But see, the truth is our tongues are super important, aren't they? They're super important because they help us every day. We all have one. And they help us chew. They help us swallow. But what I want to talk about this morning is they help us with our speech. They help us with our words and the way that we pronounce, the way we tone, and what comes out of our mouth. Because our tongue is the very thing that helps us to craft things, craft environments, craft um, emotions. Our tongues help us to craft. Our speech help us to craft. And biblically speaking, most often in the Bible, when, the, uh, when it's talking about the tongue, it's actually referring to our speech and the words that we say, mostly. See, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. You see, when we look back right in Genesis, it's fascinating. The world was created by God's speech, wasn't it? He said, and it said, and God said, let it be. He crafted with his words, with his speech. And it's through the power of the spoken word that God created life and creation and every single one of us through his words. Psalm 33, 6 to 9 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and their starry host by the breath of his mouth. It said he gathered the waters of the sea into jars and puts the depth into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke. He spoke. And it came to be. He commanded and it stood still. Isn't that awesome? The power of our speech. We also discover in Genesis that not that you and I were also made in the image of God. So if we've just heard how God uses his speech. We were made in the image of God, and not just our image, but our nature as well. Our nature as well. That means that we, through our words, reflect, we reveal, don't we? We, we possess the qualities of God within us. Can I ask you this morning, what does that look like for you in your speech? What does that look like? What does that look like even this morning in your speech or in the last 24 hours? As we read before in Proverbs 18, it says the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. What fruit comes out of your mouth? What are we reflecting? Do we have a some sort of hanging tongue syndrome? It's a bit too big. We dribble a lot. Maybe it's got infected. What does that look like? this morning for you and for I. Because we can build and we can create or we can destroy and we can tear down and bring death to ourselves and to others through our tongue. It's much more powerful than I think we even realize. Our speech is so important. 
And if it is so important, I've got a few questions this morning that I want to ask myself and you guys. I hope you're ready for this. My first point is, if our tongue can speak life and death, if it's so important, what words am I speaking over myself? What words am I speaking over myself? I remember a while ago, I, I was on a road trip with my dad, and we were going to Wanganui, and um, it's a bit of a, you know, windy, windy road to get to Wanganui, Whanganui, sorry, and um, we got into this conversation about roads and how they started, and dad said to me, I don't know if you know, but most of the roads on this sort of landscape in New Zealand were initially created by animals. You know, they were the sheep would make their trails. You know how they do along the side of a, along the side of a hill or down a valley. And over time, you know, sheep or pigs or, or goats or wild horses would walk over the same path. And it would start to wear down. And it would start, start to get a bit wider. And then, you know, mankind would make New Zealand home and they would walk on those same paths because there's already a path there. And then they would maybe ride a horse on there too, and then came carriages and so forth. The paths were originally, you know, small, but then they became wider and easier to navigate. I don't know if you know, but your brains are exactly the same way. And research has proven this. But we have what's called neural pathways, where we can create pathways we can even start, we start pathways in our thinking. And these are called neural pathways. And we create them by the way we think and the way we speak and the way we behave. That's how these pathways are created. And just as a pathway in nature is developed over time, the more we speak about ourselves a certain way, the better the neural pathway develops. And the stronger it is, the belief and the behavior then follow. However, the problem is that for some of us, and actually all of us have neural pathways that are not necessarily healthy. We actually all do. We all have a pathway that is harming us and it's not helpful for us. And when we speak words over our life like, I not... I can't, I'm a failure, typical me, I'm fat, I'm unlovable. What we're actually doing is we're creating a pathway that is in opposition to how we were created. The pathway that is opposite to how God designed that pathway in our mum's womb to be perfect and to know that we are absolutely loved and we absolutely have a plan and purpose with our God. I want to challenge us this morning. What are we speaking over our own lives? The power of our words is phenomenal. The Bible said that David used to speak the promises of God over his life to encourage himself. And you'll see there in your notes that I've written some declarations down that you can do exactly that at home, in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, in the evening. Come on, let's speak the declarations of God's promises over our lives. Things such as, I am loved. I am chosen by God. He is first in my life. 
My past has no bearing on my future. I'm an overcomer. I am loved. He is, makes me strong. Write your own. God's promises for your life. Speak those. Because you know what? And I've said this before and I'll say it again. When we speak God's word, everything else has to shut up. When we, particularly when we speak it out loud. Because he has all authority. And so everything else that's going on around us has to shut up and submit to that. So come on. Let's be people that declare the word of God and his promises over our life. Now, if we know and we believe that the tongue has the power of life and death, then the second question I have to ask all of us this morning is, what words am I speaking over others? What words am I speaking over others? Now, can I have a show of hands this morning? Who has actually bitten their tongue before, like physically bitten their tongue? Yeah, pretty much everybody in the room. Oh, my goodness. Doesn't it hurt? Oh. And it can take weeks, if not months, to heal sometimes. It's so sore. But there's also a saying that I'm sure I would probably have the same amount of hands show. That I'm sure your parent or your teacher told you when you were growing up, bite your tongue. Hold your tongue. Hey. simply means don't say something you will regret. Don't say something you will regret. Can I have my trusty little helpers, please? Sorry, not little helpers, my trusty helpers. Okay, so what I want us to do this morning is I'm going to get Adrian. We've got this tube of toothpaste. Come over here, Adrian. Adrian just got shoulder tapped as he was leaving stage that I needed him, so... What I need you to do is I need you to, when, when the music starts, is um, once the countdowns, we're ready to go, and we're going to cheer him on. I need him to squeeze all of this out as fast as he can. In, into the bowl, please. Into the bowl. <laughs> okay, can we have the music going? Okay, and we're going to cheer him on. We're going to count. We're going to, you know, like clap, Again, sorry. And we're going to, okay. Two. Can we turn the music up? Thank you. Go. Come on. You can do it. Get it all out. Get it all out. All of it. Who's good at maths? What's that? 25, 20, 25 seconds. Is that right? Awesome. Awesome. Can we give him a round of applause? Okay, that's part one. Right. Can we reset the clock? Because what I need you to do is I need you to get all of that back in the tube. Thank you, boys. Thank you. It's impossible, isn't it? It's impossible. And can I tell you, our words are exactly the same. Once they're out, that's it. There's a mess, potentially, or it's positive. But we can't get our words back in once they have come out. 
And I'm sure you're just like me, and so many relationships over the years have been torn apart by things that have been said. Things that have been said. And, and if, I, if I'm honest this morning, can we be really specific right now? And can I ask you to think about the way that you're talking about others when it comes to your spouse, when it comes to your children, when it comes to your friends? What about your workplace? What do you, what do you talk about? How do you talk to your colleagues or your boss or about the business? Yeah, yeah, it might not be great, but you're working for them and you're getting a wage. What are we talking about others? How are we talking about others? The Word of God says in Psalm 141 verse 3, it says, Set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Who needs that? Oh, my Lord. You see, do you use phrases like, you never, you always, you can't, you, you, you. Parents, how are we talking over our children? What are we saying? Are we creating or are we pulling down? What do we say in moments when we are frustrated and tired and pressured? What comes out of our mouth? Well, here's a filter that I want to give you this morning that... <clears throat> can help us keep a doorkeeper on our lips. First of all, when you're about to say something, think, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it necessary? And is it kind? You see, because it might be true, but it's not kind. If our words go through this filter, we might not have a mess to clean up afterwards. Let's be people that speak life and build up and not people that destroy. Well, maybe right now you're sitting here and, and you are thinking of moments. You're thinking of situations you've had just recently or even this morning where you've said stuff that you actually wish you hadn't. And you're like, Denise, how do, I even, how do I fix that scenario? There's seven words that I can guarantee that will help towards restoring any relationship. Those seven words are, sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Regardless of what happened, regardless of whether it was true or not, saying sorry is always a really good place to start always a good place to start. And lastly, as the team comes up this morning, my third question to us is, what am I saying? What am I declaring about God? This is a biggie. What am I declaring about God in my life? I love Sundays. I adore Sundays. I love how we get to come and corporately worship and corporately have God chats over coffee I love how we get to focus on God, and I believe that praise and worship is really, really important. Why? Because in this very moment, when we praise Him, when we worship Him, when we love on Him and make Him our focus, I'm declaring His truth with my own mouth. I'm saying who my God is 
above my circumstance. You see, I can come into a place, I can come to church on a Sunday or to small group, or I can come to that place where we corporately get together and I can be in pain. Or I can be worn down. I can have struggles and I can have lack. But with my worship, I can declare who my God is above my circumstance. I can declare his faithfulness. And what that does is it causes me to step into a place of hope and a place of faith. What are you saying about your God? What are you declaring about your God? I don't know what your journey is, but I think that many of us in this place, something that we can be stretched in is our praise and worship. Because when you verbalize stuff into the supernatural, things shift. They so shift. When you praise Him, when you pray, when you worship, things shift. You will be amazed at what God does and what He builds in your life. The strength and the peace that comes when you praise Him. It's, it's powerful. It's powerful. The power of our tongue. Let's be a church who uses our tongues to bring life, to create goodness, to create a God atmosphere. You know, something I've said to our girls from a very young age was, when you speak, these two kingdoms, who's going to grab your words? You know, are you going to say something and God's like, that's my kid. Go you. Yes and amen. Or you're going to say something negative and Satan, the enemy's going to come along and say, too right. Everything you say has weight. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about others, your family, your finances, your job? What are you saying about your God? Is he bigger? Is he stronger? Absolutely. What are you saying with your tongue? Let's aim to not have a hanging tongue syndrome, but to have a tongue of praise and worship of our God. Can I pray for you this morning? Father God, Lord, I thank you that you love us. And Lord God, I know that you see every single one of our heart, Lord God, and you know what our journey is. And Lord God, I thank you that you are an ever-present help that we can trust you. You won't leave us in lack. You won't leave us hurt. You won't leave us worn down. Lord God, for you are a God of great love and great provision. You are such a good dad. Lord God, I pray that you help every single one of us this week, Lord God, to think about our words before they come out of our mouth. Are they kind? Are they true? Are they helpful? Are they building people up? Lord God, help us to be true represents um, of you, Lord God, in your precious name. And just while everyone's eyes are still closed, maybe you're here this morning and you say, I don't even know Jesus. I don't even know who you're talking about, Denise. Or maybe your life is far away from him. I'd love to invite you this morning to pray a prayer with me.
in your heart because the truth is that God is so madly in love with every single one of you. And He has an incredible plan for your life. But see, the thing is, we all sin, we all mess up, every single one of us. But God's heart and His love for us was so much so that He and He didn't want to be divided from us. He didn't want to be separated from us because of that sin. That He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for every single one of us, so that we can have relationship with Him. We can have forgiveness for our past and a new life, stepping into His destiny and our future and our eternity with Him. So if that's you this morning, if you're like, I'm so far away from Jesus or I don't even know Him, I'd love to invite you to pray this prayer. I'm gonna pray it out loud, but, I, but you can pray it in your heart. God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, that you died for me. I turn from my old life and I turn back to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And just while every eye is still closed, if that was you this morning, can I say we are so proud of you, so, so proud of you. But what I'd love to do is I'd love to invite you in a moment. I'm going to count to three, and I'd love to see you if you can put your hand up just to me while no one else is looking, because I want to make sure that you get some people around you to help you on this journey. So on the count of three, if you just pop your hand up, one, two, three. Awesome. See that hand. So good. Praise you, God. Awesome. Father God, Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a God of love and that you're our biggest cheerleader. And Lord God, we thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Come on, church, can we give a round of applause to those that gave their heart to the Lord this morning? So good. Excellent. Hey, also a round of applause for Denise. What a great message this morning. So good. So 